Hi, I am Kat Tompkins, and you are listening to the Engage Chesterfield Podcast, a podcast about topics that affect our schools and community in Chesterfield, Virginia. We believe family and community engagement is an essential component of improving outcomes for children and youth. Our goal is to strengthen the partnership between families, teachers, schools, and the community through open dialogue. Thanks for engaging with us. Do you ever hear your children saying that, I can't, I can't do it? Or do you hear them saying, I can't yet? Listen to my friend Stephanie's story. So my my sister got a scooter for Christmas, and I always wanted to try it. She's like, sure, why not? And I always tried it, but I always fell. And I'm like, Michelle, I don't know how to do it. Since she spent all her allowance money um, to buy me a helmet and kneecaps so I can ride it without hurting myself. I kept trying for months and months, and then one day she's like, how about I just help you ride it? I'm like, okay, and she helped me ride it, and I started to get better at it, and that's how I can ride a scooter and jump on it. And so you just didn't give up. You and your sister, you had help not giving up too. That was awesome to have a sister involved, gosh. So in school, is there anything in school that took you a while to learn? Long division. Long division. Seems like that's the going thing. That's hard, isn't it? Now I am a boss at long division. You're awesome at it too. I'm one of the best ones in the classroom. No kidding. You're pretty comfortable with it? Yeah, me and Luca love long division. That's super. So Stephanie did not say, I can't or it's too hard. Though riding a scooter and learning long division took some time to master. That is because Stephanie has a growth mindset. Parents, teachers, listeners, we need to believe what Stephanie believes that our brains can grow stronger, measurably stronger, with time and effort. It took hard work, practice, and persistence to ride that scooter and understand the process of long division, but she achieved her goals with hard work. The focus of this episode of the Engaged Chesterfield podcast is growth mindset. You will learn what it is, how it affects learning, and how we as parents and educators can help foster a growth mindset in our children. Much of our understanding of mindset stems from the work of Stanford psychologist Carol Dweck. In her book, Mindset, The New Psychology of Success, and also in her TED Talks, Dweck explains that there are two mindsets that greatly shape our lives, a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. A person with a fixed mindset assumes that our character and intelligence and our creative ability are static givens that we can't change in any significant way. And if we experience success, it's because we are a natural at these tasks. 
So with a fixed mindset, people strive for success and they avoid failure at all costs because they want to maintain that sense of being smart or skilled. On the other hand, a person with growth mindset is up for a challenge and sees failure as an opportunity for growth and an opportunity to stretch their abilities. So we can manifest this mindset at a very early age and either fixed or growth, it's truly going to affect you both professionally and personally. And it can ultimately affect your capacity for happiness. The effects of believing in a growth mindset are profound. And that is the mindset that we need to promote in the classroom. So what might that look like? I'm here at Bellwood Elementary School today, and I am with Shelby Bartolotti. And what grades do you teach? Oh gosh, uh, third, fourth, and fifth grade special education. Excellent. And you, I hear, are um, a fantastic, motivating teacher. I actually have seen you in action today, and it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot, and a lot of energy. <laughs> a lot of energy, but the kids are all engaged. So. I want to ask you, what does a growth mindset look like in the classroom? Well, for me, it's very challenging at first because I have kids who come in and they have had so much educational failure, right? So that's special education for you. That's Absolutely. how they get qualified. And so I know that my student has transcended from that fixed mindset to a growth mindset when they start asking for harder problems. When they get questions wrong, they're not like, oh, this is stupid. Because I, I do hear that at first a lot. Um, math is stupid. I'm stupid. I can't do it. This is too hard. But that growth mindset is when they can get something wrong or they look at a challenging problem and it's like, I wonder how to do that. Or can we work together to figure it out? Or I got this. And even when there is that failure, which again is inevitable, it, it happens to me all the time. All of us, yeah. Um, Instead of just giving up and shutting down, they say, I don't know how to do it. Can you please help me? And so asking for help, asking for challenges, and not shutting down when so failure So you've occurs. created a safe environment for them to fail yeah. or, or, or try again mm -hmm. and where they have to do the effort. Do you talk about that? Do you let them know that, okay, you don't know this now, but your brain can grow? Yeah, that's actually one of the biggest things. Um, one of the students that I worked with this year, who's, I won't say his name, but um, right. he is my, one of my third grade students and he came in and he was, whew, hated everything about school, was so frustrated about negative. all of that, very mm -hmm. negative. And he would look at him and was like, I don't know this, this is stupid, I, I'm stupid. And what we talked about was, you don't know it yet, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. The power of yet. The power of yet. And there's always those brain, those pictures, mm -hmm. but it's really different just having a poster up and actually applying it. And so what I've done with my students to facilitate that is I'll show them what they've done or what they've done in the past, and then we work on it together. And we talk about, look at where you were yesterday, look at where you are now. One of the things that I literally just did today with my students is we were working on fact fluency and timing our math facts. And so how many can you do in a minute? And it was just two facts because third right. grade in a special education classroom, we're, we're starting a little behind, right. but we're working up. But the kid did four in a minute and he was not happy. He was very frustrated. He's like, oh, okay, I'm gonna do it again. 
that was one of the first few times that it was not like, this is stupid, I'm stopping. It was now, oh, I'm frustrated and it's okay to feel frustrated if you can validate that feeling, but I want to do it again. again. Right. I like that in math or learning your facts, especially for our fourth and fifth graders, I think there is that emphasis on speed Mm -hmm. and doing it fast. But that's something else about the growth mindset. I think it's the process Mm -hmm. where that child's like, no, I'm going to go back with the process Mm -hmm. and I'm going to start again and I'm going to keep trying. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and not not always an emphasis on speed, but sometimes there has to be an well, emphasis and, on. And that's the thing is, he was very frustrated. I said, "Yeah, you did four, but you did all four correctly." <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> quality, quality, yeah. quantity. While I was observing Miss Bartolotti's classroom, I noticed that she focused on helping students by using a variety of strategies to master a concept. She used acronyms and graphic organizers to help her students make sense of math concepts. Shelby made simple problems into games like learning multiplication facts, and she challenged students to beat their best. She also encouraged her students to explain how they got an answer, not to mention her classroom is a safe and inviting environment. Her teaching style most definitely promotes a growth mindset. At Evergreen Elementary School, Paula Spencer, a fourth grade teacher, also incorporates growth mindset in her vernacular with her students. Let's hear what she has to say. So this morning, I am sitting here with Paula Spencer, who happens to be the teacher of the year at Evergreen Elementary School, and she's been using some of the growth mindset techniques in her classroom with her fourth graders, right? Yes. And you were telling me about the Evergreen Five and how does the growth mindset go along with the Evergreen Five? This is like a core values or a disciplinary it is. thing that it, you're using this year? It is actually, well, we've been using it for a while, but we kind of rehashed it this year. So the, the Evergreen Five focuses on five core things that we are looking for from students all the time. One is kindness, one is persistence, one is respect, responsibility, and self-control. And the one that probably plays in most to growth mindset would be persistence. Yeah, awesome. So when you guys focused on persistence, you said that was last month. What were some of the things that you shared with your students to promote that growth mindset that we want as educators? So during our morning meeting, we talked a lot about failure and why failure is important. A lot of times kids see failure as the end of the world they get stressed out because they're so worried about failing and we just want to encourage kids to be risk takers and encourage them that it's okay to make a mistake it's okay to fail and when we fail our brains actually learn we learn from our failures way more than we learn from being perfect I like how you said safe. You mentioned safe too and you mentioned the morning meeting because I think part of the morning meeting is developing those relationships within the classroom and that makes for that feeling of safety like this is my team. I can fail sometimes. They're going to help me out. Right and we talk about the importance of supporting each other when you do fail and helping one another out and you know I think when you and I both grew up, 
our parents kind of treated failures as you can, you have to be perfect. And if you fail, there's gonna be punishment and everyone avoided failure because of punishment. So now we look at failure completely differently than we did when you and I were growing up. I love it, I love it. Another thing I can see happening because of you all creating this safe environment is that, well, kids are less stressed. They don't have to be perfect all the time. Right, they don't have to be perfect. And we really try to, as teachers, model for students, what does it look like when you make a mistake? How can you make a mistake and recover from that mistake and learn from that mistake and press on even though you made a mistake? So we treat academic mistakes and behavioral mistakes. So if a kid acts out or they make a mistake in their behavior, we treat that as a teaching moment. Instead of saying, oh, you messed up and we're going to point you out and you're going to have this punishment because of that mistake you made. Instead of treating it as a failure, we look at it as, oh, you made a mistake. How can we learn from this mistake and how can we fix our mistake and move on? You model not to overreact or get upset or stomp your feet. Right. (laughs) So like, for example, my math class, I have very high achieving children in my math class and occasionally I will make a little mistake either copying a number or something and the kids will vary they've learned to very gently oh Miss Spencer you wrote that incorrectly and I just try to be very gracious about that you know a lot of times the kids will have this freak out moment and Mm -hmm. I try to teach them it's okay oh hey thanks so much for pointing that out let me fix that and I model for them what does that look like when you make a mistake and how can you fix it and not make it into this big dramatic event Love it. So what I hear you saying is that setbacks can be very useful. I really like the idea of the Evergreen Five. Having a classroom theme that helps with class spirit and creates a common vernacular of those traits that are needed to be successful in school and life. After talking to Paula, I thought, wouldn't it be cool if each child then came up with their personal word of the year to go along with that school theme? Like my mindset word, it could be say smile. If things are going poorly, just smile. It will make me feel better and the others around me feel better. But um, just a thought. Now I have spoken with a couple of elementary teachers about growth mindset, but CCPS middle school and high school teachers are also sharing the concept of growth mindset with their students. These teachers also see the trend of students feeling like they have to know things right away, pick up information easily. School shouldn't be a struggle, but that's not always realistic. So right now I'm sitting down with Erin Gouda and she's an eighth grade teacher here at Providence Middle School. And she actually uses growth mindset in the classroom with her students. Can you tell me a little bit about what you've been doing this year? Sure. I like to start out the year talking about growth mindset because I find that too often our students are afraid of making mistakes. and they kind of think that they have to be perfect, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is kind of the opposite of what school is for. Exactly. (laughs) I agree. Yes. So I actually (laughs) like to start out the school year talking about growth mindset, teaching them what it is and how it differs from fixed mindset. I use a lot of um, video clips in my classes 
I have found a wealth on YouTube of motivational speakers, athletes, um, different people in the educational field. Oh, that's a great um, idea. Mm -hmm. Just kind of talking about growth mindset and about what it means to persevere and you know, face adversity and in spite of that, keep going. And I think that what I try to do is at least once a week with my students, um, sometimes we do like a Mindset Monday. Mm -hmm. we'll, I'll show a clip, um, we'll listen to a speaker, I might even read something to them that is related to the concept of growth mindset. And then I ask them to reflect on it. So the, the sticky notes that you see are right. their personal reflections oh, gotcha. of sort of, you know, how they're able to use growth mindset, not just in school with academics, but in right. life in general. So for those, obviously our, our podcast listeners can't mm -hmm. see your bulletin board sure. up here with uh, sticky notes on them, but they're just your basic sticky notes. Mm -hmm. And on each of those sticky notes, each student has written a little bit of a reflection mm -hmm. after they watch this video. Oh, mm -hmm. that's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm going to read a couple sure, of them. Go Let's it. go see what they say. All right. This one. I've started to accept that not everything I do has to be perfect. Mistakes are things to learn from and not things to avoid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's We actually really talk good. a lot about, you know, when, what happens in your brain when you make a mistake. Well, there's, there's pathways that are being formed. There's new connections that are being mm -hmm. made. So we actually grow more from our mistakes right. than when we do something right. And um, I think the one of the things that I read in Carol Dweck's, her studies, was that it's we don't want our kids to keep trying as to do the same thing over right. and over and over again right. our kids have to learn to actually collaborate with other students mm -hmm. see that somebody else's strategy yeah. and maybe apply that for themselves mm -hmm. or reinvent those strategies mm -hmm. for themselves which is sort of why I like to pull on videos of people that they might recognize because mm -hmm. then they can see and, and there's a lot of parallels with athletics uh, and yeah. a lot of our students are identify athletes. with that yes. I can understand so that's that. sort of an easy parallel to draw for them very cool. Now, all of Erin's students' reflections were not positive. One child wrote, I am more stressed and have better grades. I'm more easily annoyed and angered than the beginning of the school year. Erin pointed out that this was the child's reality right then. We all go through challenging times. As a teacher, she tries to help her students focus on the end goal and chunk information so that no task seems too overwhelming. Nonetheless, it's important for her to know how her students are feeling about their progress. Challenging experiences and lessons are the only way we learn coping and problem-solving skills that are going to be so important throughout the rest of our lives. All in all, Erin believes that fostering a growth mindset has helped her students succeed. So you definitely feel like because you have instilled this in your students and you've made this safe environment mm -hmm. that you feel like it is impacting learning. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I'm glad that you said that about making the safe environment because mm -hmm. that, that's essential. In order for them to feel like they can take risks, they have to know that they're going to be safe and that whatever happens, they're gonna be loved through that and mm -hmm. coached through that. Right. I'm very passionate about growth mindset. I feel like I could talk about it for hours. I think that it makes a huge impact on our students' ability to learn and to grow as people. And like, like I said, not just in the classroom, not just in academics, but it applies to life. 
absolutely yeah. and um i think this is something that everybody needs to know about like because we all have our frustration mm-hmm. levels and even as parents i know i've talked to my child and i reflect back and i might have said i am not good at math but i might have should have said <laughs> i am not good at math yet mm-hmm. because i think we all have the ability to learn I, like that might not be the niche that i want wanted to go to in sure. life but i do have the ability mm-hmm to learn and and to grow in that area too yeah awesome thank you so much Erin it's been my pleasure Erin affirmed that her belief is that mindset helps determine the success of her students the day after I left her classroom I actually stumbled upon a quote of Carol Dweck's and it was this We like to think of our champions and idols as superheroes who are born different from us. We don't like to think of them as relatively ordinary people who made themselves extraordinary. This seemed fitting and it it made me reflect upon my visit with her and how she shares the YouTube videos and how celebrities and those historical figures actually had to work really hard to make themselves extraordinary. They had a passion about something. I really appreciated the way Erin brought it to the students at their level and those opportunities for reflection in the classroom. So with so many teachers using growth mindset strategies and language at school, how can parents and caregivers support a growth mindset at home? After all, they are a child's most important teachers. So let's hear what Shelby Bartolotti suggested. Okay, so Shelby, what can parents do at home to cultivate that grit to, you know, get a growth mindset going? Well, one of the things that I really emphasize is helping your child find a passion outside of school, right? So if we ask a child just to come in and keep trying when they fail, when it's something boring like math, that's more difficult. But grit, just like anything else, takes time to develop and takes time to practice. So one of the things that I always suggest doing is helping your child find his or her passions at home that they can do. I agree. Um, And so that way they're wanting to continue to do it. The students are wanting to push themselves at home with things that they're really passionate about. And they're willing to kind of go that extra mile or if they find failure, keep going because it's the outcome is something that they, they want. want if they're and, they're pursuing yeah. a passion i agree um, and so that math fact will come eventually eventually but yeah keep your kids interested in learning in general yes and yeah and again i see that in the classroom and it's always i want the harder questions like i don't mm-hmm. know if you heard them they're like some of them not as much but a lot of my kids who've been with me a long time they're like give me a harder one. one i want a hard one i yeah. want a challenge you know they were adorable <laughs> about that they really were um so what else could a parent do so practicing a little bit every day so like with the skill that they have it's not necessarily about like hey i want you to do a hundred problems right now have fun end of the day done it's practicing a little bit building it slowly at a time so that way eventually they can start developing that grit developing that resiliency instead of just shutting them down immediately so if your child can do two math problems awesome have them do those two math problems then the next day say you know what you did two yesterday you rocked it out i love how hard you worked right do you think we can do three today um and you know it doesn't always have to be academic it can be with soccer it can be with right basketball 
it's just keeping it going. You get that flow going, and mm-hmm. it's uh, if you put do a little bit every single day, that really adds up yeah. over time. Like it for sure. definitely adds up. And then the other thing is kind of surrounding yourself with gritty people, right? So. As a teacher, I model that for my students all the time. I will purposely make mistakes, and I'm like, oh, dang, guys. But I, so, but so. I do, I, I model it for my students because, you know, they don't necessarily, they think teachers are people who don't fail, and so right. that, they don't have that role model to say, like, oh, dang, she made a mistake. Like, how did she handle that? So oftentimes, like, I'll make a mistake, and I'm like, I don't know if this is right, guys. And they'll tell me, oh, you did this wrong. And so it's not necessarily... Learning opportunity. Learning yes. opportunity. And you're modeling and the I'm appropriate. Modeling. And, but you can do that with things outside of it. So what I would suggest is, like, as an adult, finding a skill that you're not necessarily good at. Like, for me, it would probably be painting <laughs> or jumping. Jumping is not going to get better, I don't think. <laughs> That's a fixed mindset. Sorry, I'll eventually get better at jumping. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but finding that skill that you want to work on yourself and showing your child, like, look, I'm working on something too and I'm not good at it, but look at my improvement. And that way you can show them, like, look at where I was and look at where I am now. I'm not Van Gogh with my painting, but I'm so much better than I was on day one. Um, and so being able to model that. And then the last thing I would say is praise. So praise is really important. And I think that every child needs it. But I think that it's a change in language, right? So we should still say, I love that you did, that you were so successful or so hardworking, or I love that you did really well. But instead of focusing on the outcomes, like, wow, you got a 100, you're really smart. It needs to be shifted on that journey. So you worked really hard to get that 100. Yeah. Okay. And, and the reason for that being is when students start putting, like, oh, I'm getting praise because I'm smart. I'm getting praise and I'm getting all of these accolades because I'm successful. That's what they start tying all that value to is that success. And that's great and all, but what happens when failure comes, right? Right. They're going to immediately shut down because as soon as they get a 50 on a test, they're like, oh, wow, all of those things that I thought I was, I thought I was smart. I thought I was this because I was getting 100s goes away and it's not validated by a 50. And so it's easier to shut down. But if I go to a student and I'm like, you know what, Joe, I love how hard you're working. That changes the game because that's what's important and that's what's valued. And so when students shut down in my classroom, it's not necessarily, I know that you got a 50 on that or I know that you didn't get this right. It's, you know what, I love your thinking. I love your strategies. I love your creativity that you use to, to work this problem out. And if they did fail, it's okay. You just say, you know what? I love that you tried it. Have we thought about it this way? Or what other ways could we solve right. this problem? Those are excellent ideas for parents. The way parents talk about ability and learning can have a powerful effect on their kids' beliefs. My takeaways from this episode are, first, to recognize my own mindset. Second, to praise the process when I am helping students, my children, and my grandchildren. And then third, to model learning from my own failures. Because when parents talk positively about making mistakes, kids are going to think of mistakes as a natural part of learning. I feel like all three of those things, my experts, Shelby Bartolotti, Paula Spencer, and Aaron Gouda, they spoke to those concepts. So listeners, have a growth mindset about developing a growth mindset. It can make an impact on your life starting now. 
If you would like to learn more about growth mindset and fixed mindset, um, what you need to do is you need to visit the website mindsetworks.org. They really get into the research of Dr. Carol Dweck and also on the nitty gritty stuff like brain plasticity and how connectivity between neurons can change with experience. So anyway, folks, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for engaging with us.